Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bottom Point Podcast, a podcast about sports, business, and the business of sports. My name is Vladimir Bosanets. I'm one of the co-hosts coming in from the home of alternative rock music, Seattle, Washington. Hello, everyone. This is Mike McPhee coming in from Denver, Colorado. My family and friends know that I'm a competitive sports has-been, but I maintain that's better than being a never-was, Vlad. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to cover America's number one sport, football. The regular season just ended, and by the time you hear this, the playoffs will be in full swing. So what better time to talk about the NFL? The crazy season we just endured is just one aspect of it. But we're going to look at that and what it means for the league's revenues, operations, and its future. So kick back, adjust the volume on your podcast player, and get ready for the kickoff. The game is starting. Let's go. Mike, welcome back. How are things? Things are good. Things are good. You know, I think uh, when folks are listening to this show, they will have already seen the CBS playoff game on uh, NFL playoff game on uh, CBS owned Nickelodeon. So <laughs> yeah, right. That would right. have, have come out. Right? SpongeBob, SpongeBob, SquarePants, and his uh, motley crew, right? Yeah, will be t- tossing some big skin there. Yes, it's true. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> um, uh, hey, so I actually watched uh, the Denver Nuggets game the other day. Uh, oh, they were playing man. Dallas Mavericks. So it was a tough loss in overtime, but but for me, it was exciting to watch. You know, two guys from the former Yugoslavia battle it out, uh, Luka guys. Doncic and uh, Nikola Jokic. So uh, it was good. They were really, it, you know, I I think I said to somebody, it's it's great that you know there are two guys from you know the home you know the old country uh-huh. but it's very rare when two guys from the old home country are also the star players right sure and so this is this is really cool so that was that was neat yeah i mean um, it was a good game luca might even be a higher profile player now than nicola right he's probably a little bit bigger upside to him maybe as- i think i think he is yeah. um and i think what people need to remember that even though even though Jokic has been in the league for a few years he's still only 25 Okay. And, and, and I think Doncic is what, like 23, 22. 22. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, these guys have like another decade of uh, battling it out. So we'll be, we'll be seeing them. That's great. Speaking, speaking of which, um, and the NBA, so we were talking about the NBA a, a couple of weeks ago, Mike, remember mm-hmm. uh, we were going back and forth on um, the, the expansion of the league and what, what that might do for their, for the revenue of the, of the NBA. Right. And it looks like this week we got a little bit of a preview of, of what, what that might mean. We threw out some numbers of around a billion dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like the league wants, wants $2.5 per team. So <laughs> f- maybe $5 billion combined for these two teams to be, to be expanded. What do, you, what, do you, what do you say to that? What I say is I, I think we were kind of a little small-timey. Because we thought that'd be like a billion dollars each, and oh we no, didn't no. Think, we didn't think high enough. Oh no, no, we we small timed it two and a half billion per team, so that would be a nice little cash infusion of five billion at one time. Uh, wow, that would be you know whoever knows how that spread out. That's still a big chunk of change. That's that's right, that's right. Yeah, and and the league makes about eight nine billion a year, so this is this will be a big infusion, although one time. Right. Um, and it looks like Seattle and Las Vegas um, were mentioned as the two potential uh, markets that, that that might go go after this. So Fair it'll be interesting to watch that. Yeah, yeah I guess so. we'll also watch see if it's tech money that comes in. A lot of the transactions have been uh, tech money of late, right? Likely. Likely, uh, that 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 wouldn't surprise me. So, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. Good deal. Um, 
Also, this week, uh, this kind of got lost in the news of everything sort of happening both uh, on on the sports and you know political, national, social you know uh, side. But the USA youth hockey team uh, just won the world championship uh, by beating Canada 2-0. Uh, that was a, a huge win for the for the, for the USA hockey team. I don't know when was the last time that the junior uh, team won won the worlds, but. Uh, Great stuff, not just for bragging rights with our northern, uh, you know, countrymen over here, but also uh, great. I think great for the future of USA hockey. Uh, have yeah. Have you seen this? You know, it's. I think it's kind of a cool thing, and and maybe, you know, I maybe I liken it to when I see guys that play in the, like the Little League World Series and they end up being in the majors. Uh, some of their stars. Uh, I'm guessing some of these guys will have some bright futures too, right? Is that oh, there's some names there that probably will, will make it out on the on the big time scene, and maybe even Team 100%. USA will have some success. A hundred percent. This this reminds me uh, in in high school in the late '80s, uh, there was a former Yugoslavian soccer team, youth team that won the world youth championship, the, the the youth world cup, and and I remember those guys, that team for the next like you know 15 years defined you know, the soccer in Southeastern Europe, if you will. And they all went to play, you know, at amazing clubs and nice. uh, won a lot of champ- championships. And I think similarly, you're you're going to, you know, notice these guys um, over the next decade and a half. I mean, they will really reshape NFL. And I think it's, uh, it's really, really great. Um, a little shout out to you, Mike, but a couple of guys were from Notre Dame. Ah, um, cool. Spencer Stasny and Jacob Pivonka, both from both from Notre Dame. There were a couple of other guys from uh, from the Big Ten hockey uh, from Michigan, I think, and and somewhere else. So good, uh, good uh, hockey in the Big Ten looks like. Yeah, right size is for us, uh, Vlad. Is this like under twenties? Is this kind of what it is? Under twenty ones? I I want to like say it's like under twenty one or under twenty two. Okay. Uh, so this is this is the group that you know essentially it's either it's either pre college or college players, right? Um, sure. Uh, you know, all, all of these, uh, all of these guys are going to go and play pro. I mean, that's that that's, that that's essentially yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, one of the guys actually plays on a minor league uh, team. Um, as our listeners know, I'm I live just north of Seattle. Uh, just north of me is a town called Everett. Everett. It's one of these old times sort of industrial cities. Okay. Um, but Everett has a has a minor league team called uh, the Everett Silvertips, and I've actually taken my kids to watch games there. Uh, small arena, about you know twenty thousand people or so, but it packs up. They play some great hockey there, and um, so there's this one guy that that's on this team um, from the Everett Silvertips. So I think you're you're going to start seeing whoever was on this team has automatic kind of you know um, exposure and will probably get picked up very very soon. Cool, yeah, good job on them. So yeah, nice little good, story. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a nice little. Nice little story for the for the future of USA hockey. So uh, look out for that. So Mike, this week is our big story. Uh, the big stories we're going to cover are all around the NFL. So um, take us through what we're going to chat about, and let's take a little break, and we'll come back. Yeah, let's do that, Vlad. So so for our listeners out there, everybody knows they'll be they'll be listening this to this the week right after the first weekend of NFL playoffs. Um, and we're, we're just going to take a look back to the business angles of the 2020 season. Just take a snapshot of how things went from a revenue perspective. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we've called operations. And, and with that, we're just going to give a 
spotlight onto the collective bargaining agreement because that's such a big deal in terms of labor relations. And then yeah. last, yep. last, we have a pillar for our show is we like to talk about innovation. And, and with that, there's a business plan competition that the NFL has sponsored. I bet most people don't even know what it's about, but it's going to be on TV this year. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that too, as we just kind of go in and around the business of the NFL from this past year. So it's going to be great. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. This podcasting gig is a fun time for us, and we really appreciate both our loyal listeners and anybody that's new this week and just checking us out. One way you could help us out this year is to help us reach our goal of gaining more listeners. So if you like our work and our takes, it'd be great if you told a friend or two about our show. Maybe you could tell that old buddy that still thinks he's going to fit into his high school jersey. Or your barber that you see more than your family and friends. Or your friend that thinks college athletes should stay broke because that's how it's always been. Definitely tell that guy because we think we can convince him otherwise. And make sure you've subscribed so that you too can get your weekly pot on point fix. We appreciate all of you. Keep on listening, send us some feedback, and stay on point, my friends. Okay, we are back here, Vlad. We are going to tackle this NFL, pun intended, their, their, <laughs> pun their intended. 2020 business, the business side of this last year. And, yep. uh, and let's kick this off with a little bit of talk about revenue. And, and you can't talk revenue without talking about like the broader strokes of this season. And what was really interesting, Vlad, just as a headliner for me, is that all the games were played. All 256 games were played. Yep. Some delays, right? Some delays. Like one of the games was scheduled for Thanksgiving Thursday night, and it didn't end up getting played till the following Wednesday at like a four o'clock kickoff on a weekday. Um, But all 256 were played. And you know there had to be some some big time efforts to pull that off. So I guess we'll start with just kudos to all the efforts that 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 made that happen. Uh, that was certainly yeah the seismic. teams and the leagues and teams everybody and involved. Yeah, the operations behind this way thing, outside right? of normal. Obviously, everybody knows the pandemic elements. We're not going to detail that, but way sure. outside of your norm, and they pulled it all off. So so good on them for that. Um, but let's let's within that context of all the games being played, let's let's talk revenue here for a little bit, Vlad. Yeah. And um, one of the major angles was that um, a large portion of the games were played with little to no fans. And, and, and we know when we look at NFL revenues, um, they take up a, a interesting percentage, but not, um, we'll talk about what that really means when we look at like the big picture, but, but in-game revenues, you could describe them as local stadium revenues. There's different things. There's, there's some suggestion that those come in somewhere three, $4 billion a year. When you look at them all in total and and, right. When you look at that portion of the overall league revenue all in. And, and then we've seen some data that suggests um, that they took a revenue hit this year of close to $3 billion. Um, and that's, you know, parking, concessions, um, not people in the stands. Um, and so broadly, there was about a $3 billion hit to overall revenue. But that's not evenly felt, Vlad, you know? Which, which comes, comes to about, I think, w- when you add it all up, that, that almost seems like it's almost entirely from, from there. I, I saw some figure in one of the articles recently that that the 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 average revenue per game per stadium is about nine million dollars. Okay. So if you do that over two hundred fifty six games, right? That's that's about that, that right? That's about that um, number. Okay. Exactly. Right. right. Maybe a little bit more. Just l- lost revenue on 
I don't know what else, you know, food or concessions or maybe not buying as many jerseys or whatever, right? Right, right. Um, but but that's interesting. So that that's sort of the portion, if you will, that kind of went away, right? Yeah. Well, in, in the NFL, I think most fans and listeners are going to know that not all these revenues are created equal, but like the media rights are. Like the broad national media deals, they get spread out across everybody evenly. But local yeah, has yeah. its own flavors. Like the Dallas Cowboys – I think they can put in like a hundred thousand fans if they wanted to as they do configurations and and they draw the most local game revenue on any home game. They're the yes. high point, right? Yes. And then the right. low point actually well, it used to be the Chargers and used to be the Raiders, but they both got new buildings. So they're not the low point anymore. It's actually the Cincinnati Bengals. They bring up the low point on local in game revenue. And and so they probably had the lowest hit because they weren't taking in as much just period. Right? right. When you right. just look at how they right. they run their business. Um, and I find that I find that pretty interesting that it, it's really the, the revenues. Any, anybody wants to have all full revenues that you project and to take a 20 percent hit is notable. But I think, Vlad, if we were to look at some of the numbers more closely, I think they're probably just not going to have as profitable a year. But I wonder if they're still going to come out on top as being able to say they were in the black. Yeah, I think, and we can get into some of some of those details. But it's it's interesting to just sort of highlight on the on the revenue side. You know, most people think about you know, you know, the ticket revenue and the and the TV revenue. In in the NFL, revenue is broken up in sort of na- you know national kind of revenue revenue and and then you know local and the national revenue, which typically comes from TV rights and streaming rights and kind of NFL level partnerships. Yes. That is distributed evenly across the teams, it's pretty true. much evenly across the teams. Yes, and so this is the part I think that um, if they didn't play those 256 games, would have been impacted the most, right? So they wanted to make sure that all the games happen so they can collect on that. Yes, on that revenue from um, from the networks, essentially, right? Yes. So they got that. Um, most of the teams I think are about 50-50 in terms of local revenue versus national revenue. The local revenue obviously is up to the teams to make up in their in their own stadiums, and that's the portion that kind of drops, right? So if you think that, I mean, I don't know how much each team made, maybe about 300, 250 million bucks from the national revenue, right? Their payroll is about 200, 200 something million. So it's almost like they're breaking even a little bit, right? Well, maybe you could say local is just icing on the top that on on some level, if your payroll is your biggest expense line item, and that's covered by that national media deals and you play the game. So that's going to be covered. Um, And then there was some cost avoidance, though, too. If you really get into the weeds on not having local games and not having the stadium filled up, you you avoided a lot of costs. Now, maybe you have to maybe you have to like service your debt on your building or whatever else. But you didn't have the operational costs of running the facility with a full house. Um, yeah, so they probably you know furloughed or let go yes. people that work yes. in the facility as well, right? Which is sort of a you know terrible thing, but it it happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we read stories about that, so that's certainly ha- happening. But but you know, a- as we're saying, th- that's an interesting part of it because the the golden goose here is obviously broadcasting, right? Totally. And that's that's the one that they want to make sure that maintains itself. And interestingly enough, Mike, right? What's what's happening at the end of 2021 season here with broadcasting? They're renewing the contracts, right? Up for new stuff, right? And one more year. So, um, but let's just turn turn the dial just one more one more little click here, Vlad. Is that the players who all 
showed up in some shape or form. There was some different guys that got sick, guys that had to sit out, but all players' salaries were guaranteed. It was part of the summer deal that they cut around COVID. So from right. everything we could see, all players' salaries were paid out. I'm guessing all incentives checks were all written and, and unless they had side deals that didn't make the national news. But that's right. Um, but what where they will take a hit though, Vlad, is that they agreed to if there was a revenue hit, they would spread out a over the next three years to have a smaller salary cap. So the players will participate in that revenue hit from this COVID and pandemic season. So interesting. Uh, yeah. That's an angle on the revenues um that that I found interesting as I read about it and 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 who will that impact? That's going to impact anybody that's up for deals. If you've already signed mm-hmm. your deal, yeah. then you're yeah. going to get paid because you're a big you have a guarantee, guaranteed, right? right? Right. So right. So anybody in these next three years that's looking for money, um, they're they're going to be subject to that lower salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's that's exactly right. Um, I think I think what 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 we have found out in our kind of you know research and getting ready for this conversation is is when you when you look at sort of you know how did the NFL you know, get affected by COVID. Well, it's primarily the teams that got affected, right? The players probably did not, and by teams I mean the the administration like of the, the business team, entity, if you will, or like the business, the business and right, yeah. right. I don't think the players lost anything. Uh, maybe a little bit, but certainly not as 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 much as sort of it was a drop for the for the overall team. You know, the NFL overall may have, you know, lost some revenue, but I think as an entity, they're doing okay. It's not a huge organization, right? I mean, it's relatively, you know, sizable, but they're doing okay. But it's really the administration that I think might might feel it more than anybody else. Now, the league has helped them with this. Um, just last year, they increased the uh, kind of the line of credit, if you will. So each team can access up to $500 million, you know, in kind of a, you know, line of credit if, if they need it for cash flow or they need it for other kind of things, right? So, you know, again, I, I, yeah, everybody is sort of making less money here, but I feel like the NFL is doing just fine. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's sort of kind of how it's playing itself out. Would, would you agree? Yeah, it feels that way. And, and you know, when I think about, without getting into like the financial uh, gymnastics of it all, when I think about that line of credit being upped from 350 to 500 million, to me, that's, that's a brand play by the overall, the overall league saying, we don't want to have any team come out saying they can't make payroll this week. Right. They've got to shut down a part of their operation this week. That's right. So they're extending this and it's kind of like, you're part of this league. You're, 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 you're part of a collective. So don't, don't harm the collective. Uh, here's some, some cash that probably very favorable terms. Um, they, they would be loans, right? They're, they're, what did I dub them when we prepped for this body? Uh, they're not HELOCs, they're T-locks, a T-locks. T- team equity <laughs> right. line of credit. But anyway, yeah. I think those are, that's a brand play and good on them. I think good on them by yeah. the team or by the league saying, let's ensure that this whole, the whole stays intact, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think Roger Goodell and his group is going to be, you know, laser focused on getting to that $25 billion annual revenue number. Uh, I think the goals were to accomplish this by 2027. You know, that's just, you know, six years from now, right? Right. So they're going to start really, really driving that. Um, As we said, the network deals are coming up, right? Right. Um, That's going to be a huge infusion, I think, for them. I think, you know, however COVID improves, it's only going to be better for them overall, right, in terms of stadium attendance and all of this other stuff. 
the streaming numbers are going to start coming in. So it looks like Verizon signed a deal back in 2017 for $2.5 billion for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazon also signed something back in 2018, which is expiring now. And that was a sort of smaller deal, around $130 million. I imagine given Amazon's success with four or five million, you know, mm-hmm. viewers they had on that one game that they're probably going to, you know, bring a bring a truck with some money. <laughs> yeah, get more get, games. To get more, to get yes. more games, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's happening. You and I were talking about, I think in our last show, also about sort of, you know, league-wide sort of sponsorships. Uh, I just saw an, an ad on TV that DraftKings has become the official you know, uh, sports book sponsor for the NFL. So yeah. I'm sure they backed up a truck of cash also. Right. And, uh, you know, there's going to be more, right? I think that's right. And I think it just speaks to the the health of the overall brand. Uh, other companies that want to be associated, you want to be, you want to be the, the, the official sponsor of this and official sponsor of that. What do they have? Probably six to 10 official sponsors across, you know, uh, you know, visas at payments, they've got beer, they've got cars, they've got all kinds of different things, right? That are official sponsors. Exactly, yeah. And folks want they'll, to be part of the brand. They'll define a category and they say, yeah. do you want to be the beer of the NFL? Yeah. Do you want to be the chips of the NFL? Totally. <laughs> right? That's I mean, right. that's yeah. that's that's coming. And the so. NFL's uh, good on them for, for using that, uh, that, that brand and that strength that they have with it, for right. sure. Right, right. Now, you said to me the other day, ratings were down a little bit, right? They have been. And we were wondering aloud, uh, what's how, how do you quantify this? So the numbers that have been published that they were kind of tracking between 7, 8, and 9%. And I think the number will get tuned. Um, but it looks like they were down high single digits is, is effectively what that's yeah. going to be. And um, let's qualify that a little bit is that we saw some of the other major pro sports had major hits, uh, but, but their seasons were bifurcated in lots of ways. You know, baseball was a trim season, hockey and basketball were pushed out, you know, three, four, five months after a split. And so it's really hard to look at that as a comp. Um, but it does speak to in an election year when you typically have just a lot of other noise around the the space and my gosh is noise is probably an understatement for how the, all the different moving parts in our society have been through this fall. I would bet you in New York city, the, 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 the commissioner's office is saying, you know what? 9% probably fits in line with how we would have recalibrated if we had said, let's project this year out. I would argue nine percent is not that bad. I mean, they were kind of going head to head with college football. They were going head to head with with uh, with the NBA, right? Yes. Um, when did hockey end? Didn't October hockey, as well. October, October as, well. as well, right? right? So there was a lot going on on TV, and to to understand that they were down just nine percent seems actually very successful i would argue um right i mean given all the distractions that we were still dealing with it seems so and they've probably been growing up and to the right for a long time so maybe this and and their graphs will be the blip year but you got to believe we're going to launch into a really cool playoff season so they're probably going to be enjoying some some nice numbers there they expanded the playoffs this year there's one more team on each side of the bracket um, so yep. there's more uh, energy around that. One more game uh, on each side of the bracket because of that, because one team lost a buy on each side, so the two seed lost a buy. So operationally, they're doing some different things. I, I'm going to guess they're going to call that as uh, as decent. 
you know, decent on their ratings. And I don't know how to quantify that. I don't know. I don't know if the, the, the media deals are that such that there's some give backs. I know there's some stuff around, maybe there's some ads that they get to, to, that they have a lower price points and things like that. Um, but overall I'd say it's probably successful from a media perspective. Listen, that, that, that one metric that you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, the, the regular season, who, who, who was it? Seattle Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks. was playing, was playing somebody. Minnesota Vikings on a Sunday the night. Minnesota Vikings, yep. that team beat the ratings of the, of a very dynamic NBA final yeah. between Miami Heat and the LA Lakers. That's right. When, when I saw that, I w- it was sort of blew my mind, right? And, and I think, you know, what, whatever the team in New York at the NFL HQ decided that, okay, let's just cut 25% off of the top line here because this is going to happen. And if the only you know downside here was nine points lower in uh, ratings, I think this is a, a huge success. And I, I actually think that um, you know I was I was trying to figure out are you know are, are there any analogs and and so I, I started looking at you know what what did yeah. what did happen in Europe and I just Good. sort of did a little bit of you know research about European soccer and also European soccer is down only by like eight percent in terms of uh, you know their overall revenue and and this revenue was for the 20 top European leagues combined over over a two year period right they were estimating you know between 2019 and 2021 okay. right they would they would lose about 4 billion euros those 20 leagues combined make about 45 billion euros a year and they were projecting they're going to go down to 41 that's $4 billion, which sounds like a big number, but it's 8% down. Yeah. Then I looked at Chelsea just reported their numbers for last year, made a profit. Yeah. It, it was you know smaller, but they still made a $45 million profit, about 33 million pounds or 35 million pounds, right? And you're like, wait, these leagues are not actually doing that badly, right? Right. And I, and I think that's kind of, um, that's sort of what, what we're discovering here. I think that's right. And tie back to a show a couple weeks back where we said the MLS took what was their MLS commissioner and leadership was saying they might lose a billion dollars over a two year run. They have a major hit because of they need so much in game, you know, in person uh, revenue. Right. And they they took a complete hit there. But I think when you compare that, the health of the NFL and the diversified revenue streams, good on them. Classic business principles. Yeah. They've diversified the revenue streams and in-person is only, what, 20%? And they still were so strong in the rest. And that overall, their business looks like it's going to really ride out this pandemic season. And then when they kick off again in September of this next year, maybe there's a, a new version of folks in the stands. You know, I agree. I agree. And other deals, right? Streaming deals, uh, league-wide deals, partnerships, right? That's totally. going to give them that that lift into towards that $25 billion dollar number. Totally. Well, Vlad, I think that's a good shot of revenue. And just netting that out as we just did, that I think the NFL is in a really solid position compared to a week ago when we said where they headed. I think they're headed on the right trajectory, that $25 billion they set as a target. And I think it's only going to be growth and up and to the right. I think so. Okay, Vlad, let's do this uh, as part two of our NFL deep dive on the 2020 season. Let's talk 
labor. Come on, let's do labor <laughs> and collective bargaining. Well, it's, it's the number one cost for the league, right? It's the so number one it's a, cost. It's a, it's a big nut. It's, it's a, a players-driven league. And, yep. you know, we've had labor, we've had strikes, we've had lockouts. You have all these different things when it comes to pro sports. And, and most fans just kind of probably roll their eyes. They just want the games to be played. Yeah, but, yeah. But there's actually some business and operational dynamics that we found interesting. Let's just let's just call them out for a few minutes, and uh, and hit the notable elements of it all. So, um, you ready to tackle this with me, Vlad? Here. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So so just just as March of 2020 would have it, like the week that COVID was shutting down the globe and shutting down the U.S. economy, the 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 NFL they they signed a and they ratified a new deal on the collective bargaining agreement. It's pretty wild how this thing landed that week. It was like March 16th, March 15th of 2020. Yep. And there's a couple things as to why just that date and that timing was really important, Vlad. The first one is they pulled the deal up a year and basically settled labor so that when these media deals come in line and you start talking media at the end of this next season, you don't have a labor uh, angle to work with that's already settled and and so good on both sides to bring that up a year you don't want the other side to sort of leverage your negotiations with the networks right totally. essentially right totally you could see that going off the rails from either angle giving leverage yep. to the owners on one depending on the issue or the players so they pulled that forward and that was i think that was that was good vision and, and good partnership across the two sets of parties yeah um yeah. so i find that to be really important but but then as COVID hits they, they actually had to kind of revamp that whole thing in the summer which we'll get to a little bit later but but just unpacking this, Vlad, what I find really, really interesting is that that was when they agreed the players had to give a major concession. They had to concede to a 17th game. Yeah, that one that one is a little bit of an interesting thing to me. When, when you look at it from a kind of pure numbers point of view, uh, you know, one extra game on, on this league, you know, it basically translates to like 5% more, right? It's, so, so when you think about it, you can probably make 20 I mean, I mean, I don't know if you can make 25% more, you know, revenue, but you can make more revenue that's probably more than 5% more revenue, right, with this one extra week. Um, it is, it was probably a big negotiating tool for for the players union, but 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 I do wonder, like, why why would that be kind of against them? Other than injuries, and you probably have a better sense about this, Mike, than I do. One of the things about the injuries, as you and I know, is that they they are cumulative, right? So it's not like you can have an injury, then you're sort of fine, right? It's like the more your body wears down, the more injuries you have, right? And 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 so that becomes kind of a a, a big deal for these players. But overall, and, and you know, I might be contrary to what you feel about this, but it, it doesn't seem to me like such a a, a big stretch. Tell me if I'm wrong. Here, here's what what I think is is the unwritten part of this, Vlad, is that they're basically reducing the preseason by a game, and that's their offset by saying you're not going to take as many hits because we're going to, in aggregate, it's the same amount of games. One just counts versus it didn't count before, which is a little bit yeah. bogus because your stars don't play in the, that many snaps in the preseason anyway. And this year we had no preseason. So watch for that. Yeah, watch right, for that if we right. even have preseasons going forward. Um, and maybe maybe even an 18th game shows up. But but I don't want to get us off track. What I see from this, Vlad, is that, that I don't think is written is that I don't think the players get a bump from playing the 17th game. So it's kind of cost-free. 
So it's but the but the team to the league to, to the, the league. league, but the team gets those local revenues we talked about. Yeah. The team will get one more broadcast from the media deals, and they may be able to juice something there. So it's kind of a cost free weekend, um, and the players got to show up because it's in their contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and they get, and so I, I'm with you. Maybe it's not that big of a deal, but the owners wanted it, and you and you know it's got to be tied to money. If they're wanting this game, oh, right, hundred percent, hundred percent, business, they're they're yeah. they're they're magnets, right? So, um, so that was the one give by the players, but the owners actually in this whole deal gave up, I believe, even more, and I believe they did that for harmony because they've got that media deal coming next year that they want. They wanted a clear plate so they can just look to the media deal, and so what they gave they can up negotiate more easily, negotiate yeah. more. So they gave up a couple other things, and they gave away a point and a half more in revenues to the players. So the players were getting 47% of revenue. They're going to get 48 and a half percent, which it's a real number. When you look in the out years of a 10 year deal, it's about $5 billion. So that's real. That's real. There's going to be minimum salary bumps. Um, there's going to be more benefits to, uh, to, and and that's not a small bump by the way, even though I I think it's from $510,000 to $610,000, that's a 20% bump. That's not nothing. I mean, right. It may not seem big when you look at it like this, oh, it's only a hundred grand or whatever, but a 20% bump is pretty significant. Well, you'll see that. And then you stack a team with six to eight rookies. And yeah. then I think it even bumps all the way out to 1.1 million by 2030. So right. that's right. That's going to be more than the cost of inflation as a bump, right? Yes. So that's 100. That, yeah. that is yeah. that's a nice concession for the players. Um, and then there's going to be more about benefits for active. And the one thing that I'd like to really see is what do retired players get? And that goes into some of the messy headlines we've seen in this last decade, Vlad, around yeah. Yeah. retired players, health benefits, CTE, all that stuff. And I think there's more to learn. What do, what are the retired players? What's the details behind that that element on retired players? Um, so when you net it out, the labor deal, it, it became kind of a non-story. And, and in fact, I bet most sports fans are probably like, eh, whatever. They're back playing. Whatever. It's just another They're back conversation. Playing, right. and, yeah. and I'm not going to miss any of my games, you know, September through first weekend in February, right? Yeah. Well, listen. I think if you are a you know retired player or thinking about retirement as a as a player, I think you should take all of these bumps in your salary and all of these benefits that were increased on your behalf by the by the rest of the you know players union and put it to the side, right? I mean, I don't know what the average. I think the average two and a half was, year was, two and a half year career. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's super short. I mean, that's that is super short. So you know, um, save, save, save. I mean, that's that should be. That should be the most important thing, I think, that that these players should take away from it all. Yeah, run those numbers, Vlad. That suggests that most people don't, they don't get that second contract, so they're in the right. rookie wage scale, right. and even right. stars only make it one or two years sometimes, depending on who they are. Yeah. College stars that you know they get drafted really high, but you're right. Is like this is your this is your lifetime sports earnings that are going to get you're going to basically lose out after two and a half years. You better right. better save them and yep. and put them, to, put them to work for yourself. Yeah, so, no, it's interesting. Yeah. In- interesting evolution for sure, yeah. Yeah, so so basically they made labor a non-story and we're going to park this story for ourselves too because there's nothing more to chat about. Yeah. Games will be well, played and we're off. Yeah, let's 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 now just hope they move this to the NCA world. <laughs> ah, yes, there are some labor pains but there. Story, story for another time. Story, story for, for another, another day. time. <laughs> but actually, it's a big week ahead here, Vlad, because the NCA conventions this week. And they're supposed to vote on the NIL, which they probably won't. But 
sorry for the segue. You know, this is a big, yeah, it's a big one for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't want to derail us. Don't want to derail yeah. us. So sorry about stay that, Mike. But that, yeah, stay, stay tuned. Okay. Stay tuned. So Vlad, you got this last one or you want me to jump on our, our innovation Yeah, yeah. Story? No, this was very interesting. Uh, we uh, talked about this, you know, about, you know, NFL as a league of innovation, you know, which, you know, doesn't sort of strike you when you think about the NFL as anything innovative, <laughs> quite honestly. It's, it's um, an old daddy now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. But, but they have um, this... Um, program where they were awarding $150,000 to some, uh, you know, winners, some business plans and, you know, folks who were basically in inventing products that would improve uh, the safety and health of uh, the NFL players. Um, it sounds like a nice chunk of change. Uh but Mike, I'm going to turn to you a little bit because you actually do participate in some of these business competitions, business plan competitions. And $150,000 is not a very big amount of money, right? <laughs> you know, the, what, the angles here are interesting. I didn't even know this thing existed. I bet most people don't, that the NFL has a business plan competition. And and that's yeah. all fine, well, and good. Um, but, but they're going to now put it on their NFL network during Super Bowl week. And I think that's notable. Um, I think their pool needs to be a little bit richer, that 150000 for perspective, uh, full caveat. I am a judge in the Notre Dame, University of Notre Dame business plan competition, and their pool is about 500000 Vlad. So, yeah. and, and certainly NFL has, uh, has deeper pockets than, well, Notre Dame's pockets are deep, let's be real, but, but the NFL has <laughs> got deeper pockets than, than Notre yeah. Dame does uh, as a for-profit entity. But, so I think the pool needs to be bigger, but, but good on them for an innovation play. And, and Vlad, don't you think there's a PR angle to this whole thing? Oh, a hundred percent. Is the and, and angle look, a PR I'm, angle? Like, yeah, I'm not going to rain them there on their parade. I think this is great that they're doing this. They're giving, you know, people an opportunity to, you know, innovate. I think if they like a product, guess what? You have 32 clients tomorrow. You know, that's a, that's a huge deal, right? I mean, what other business do you know that you know out of the gate, if you're kind of given a thumbs up, will have a market to you know test their products with right away, right? So, so I think that's a great thing. On top of it, I think some of these innovations could also probably be translated into other sports as well for other safety. I mean, you know, lacrosse and I don't know, boxing and even rugby. I mean, who knows, right? Um, so, so that's kind of interesting. But, but I do, you know, the, the cynic in me does sort of take a little bit of an angle of like, okay, somebody, somebody at some PR department sat with them and said, <laughs> let's put in 150 grand and call it a competition and we'll play it up. We're going to, you know, announce it during our, you know, um, Super Bowl week, you know, right? Super Bowl week. And we'll, we'll sort of, you know, showcase that we care about this kind of stuff. Right. Okay. And it, and it becomes a nice talking point. So that's the cynic in me. It's but on the other hand, as an entrepreneur myself, I, I, you know, I do love this and, uh, but yeah, I think they could go to a million and a half kitty here for, <laughs> you know, winners and it won't, wouldn't even bother anybody. Right. Um, and, and I think they should. Yeah. Well, let's just riff to what we see in, in broader culture. Like, like just, I'm, I'm somewhat cynical about folks that get on a shark tank and they're not really ever trying to get a deal, but you know, they're on national television, right? Yeah, and they're and right. just the, the, the press around that is worth more than the $150,000 pool. So, exactly, so now yeah. that this thing's yeah. going to national television, granted it's still NFL network. So it's probably just in a sports package. That's going to be worth winning. That's going to be, that's going to beat any winning check. 
right? That's going to be beat any winning check. And so there's opportunity within that. I think the two categories are relevant just to get a little bit in the details. They've got an innovations around innovations category around player health and safety. And then a second category around um, computer vision competition, which is basically use the data in an innovative way. Interesting. Um, and, and Interesting. Those are, yeah. And those are smart. More analytics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. analytics. And those are smart. Um, and so um, I don't know if I'll watch it, but I'll, I'll, I'll certainly look for the recap. And maybe there's a highlight show afterwards that says who the winners were, what did they do? Um, but we're innovation guys. I like really any chance for the innovation story to be told. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, good. Um, Mike, that wraps up our NFL conversation. Mm-hmm. When we come back, I have a come on man for you. Are you ready? I will be. <laughs> Let's All do right, it. here we go. All right, Mike. Well, I got to come on in for you for this week. So um, this one is titled, What a Difference a Year Makes. So remember our friend uh, Daryl Morey uh, over over from the Houston Rockets, now sure. with, uh, with, with, uh, with, the, with the 76ers in the, sure. in the NBA. Yeah, so we've picked Darryl, on the Rockets a little bit in our in Yeah, our we've picked on, on the Rockets a little bit, yeah. Yep. Uh, he's no stranger to controversy. He had a you know tweet last year where he was you know supporting the protests in Hong Kong, which cost the whole league oh, <laughs> quite, a, quite a bit of, of millions, PR. And, right, and the Chinese yeah, contracts. Right? Yeah. So, um, so on December twentieth, twenty nineteen, he posted a tweet congratulating James Harden on breaking the franchise assist record. And it was a little graphic. Had a picture of James Harden, some nice kind of gold looking numbers. Awesome. Congrats, buddy. That kind of stuff. And right? Maury and Maury was Houston's GM. Right, he so was he's basically saying GM my at guy. the time, Congrats and, and he brought guy. him. He brought him to the to the team. This yeah. was, you know, a story of his success. Also, yeah. I would argue, right? Yes. But he was con- he was he was congratulating Humble his brag. guy, right? <laughs> right. So fast forward a year later, December twentieth, twenty twenty. Right. A Twitter tool that that Daryl Morey uses uh, called On This Day reposted the tweet, probably something Uh-oh. related to you know. This was a very popular tweet, so we're going to repost it again, uh-huh. right? And it's it's you know, you think of it, okay, no, no big deal. You know, you and I see this on our iPhones when you know the iPhone photo is like you know a year ago you did this, yeah, right? Facebook does that, like different yeah. platforms do that. Yeah. Well, here's what a difference a year makes. Okay. That retweet cost them fifty thousand dollars. How you ask? Come well, on, man. Late December of 2020, that same James Harden is now in negotiations with his team, the Houston Rockets, and other teams about potentially trading him and Uh. contract negotiations, that kind of stuff. (laughs) So because of that, the NBA considered the tweet a negotiations tampering case. Hmm. Big no-no for the league, and they fined him $50,000, okay? And the NBA has been trying to clamp down on this for like the last 18 months or so, right? They really, they there was some, you know, drama around the Milwaukee Bucks doing something with one of my, one of, one of yeah. my guys from the, from the, from yeah. the Kings. And, um, and so I, I think this was a way, this was a way to kind of make Mr. Mori an example, right? But think, think of this, man. Come on, man. Come I mean, on. I mean, a little tool. 
a little tool is now costing him fifty thousand dollars. That's it, right? And and to put the finishing point on it, he he's now it's tampering because he's the Sixers GM now, right? And, That's right. And well, man, well maybe maybe they're still swinging at him a little bit for costing the league millions with his tweet. <laughs> yes, uh, that could from, from that last could be December. We've we've Hong had Kong. enough with Daryl Morey. Yeah. We've had enough with Daryl Morey yeah. and his and his Twitter account. <laughs> maybe they should ping Jack Dorsey and say, "Hey, Jack, can you lock this account too?" Yeah, exactly. So. Anywho, exactly. That's a good All one. right, Mike. Well, that's a good one. Good game. Good show. Good game. Yes, good game. So for our listeners, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking around for our, for our show. Uh, if you listen to other podcasts, I'm sure you know how to subscribe. So please subscribe to our show. Uh, send us notes. Give us a review. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Our contact information is in our show notes. So tell us what we can be doing better, and we'll be more on point. Mike, until next week. Until next week. Good game.